And welcome to Ray and Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I am so happy you're joining me today live, or maybe not be listening to live, maybe you're listening to this on Monday night, but in any case, so, so, so happy you're joining me on jradio.com. For those of you who are new listeners, here is what we do. We try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection that you have with your spouse. And I know that that connection can always be better. As good as it is, as good as it is, we can always, always empower our relationships. We do not do this only from a social science perspective, though, of course, we integrate many social science, psychological aspects, however. We use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. And I like always saying that without the Torah, you, you like... I, I don't know how it's possible to have a functional marriage. What do you mean? All these people have great marriages? Really? First of all, like, really? <laughs> like, really? All these people have great marriages? Who are we talking about? You're talking about the world at large? We're talking about a divorce rate that's over 50%? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, the rest of them that are married, they're all just wonderfully ha- happy? Well, first of all, no, they're not. Like, seri- they're not. And those that are, and I'm not saying there are, I can almost guarantee you, you, they don't even know it, but they're integrating Torah, Torah ideology, Torah tools, Torah skills. Unquestionably, unquestionably. I want to start today's program by thanking everyone who joined our workshop. It was Baruch Hashem. I always say we have Siat Adishmaya, tremendous Siat Adishmaya. We had many challenges. We had more people. We don't know what to fit. Everybody, what do we do? Whatever. And last night, couples that we some couples had to leave last night. We find a different room. In any case, I can tell you, Baruch Hashem, Hodul Hashem Kitov, Kilolam Chazdo, it was great. And I really want to salute everybody who came and and people who joined on teleconference. And the reason I'm saying this is because you know it's not easy to take time out of your life to empower your marriage. So first of all, a big kudos to all those people who came, but especially to the men because I know a lot of the men in the beginning were like marriage workshop, like seriously, uh, what are we going to learn? Like, what can we do? But you know what? Ladies, you've convinced your husbands to come and Baruch Hashem, you know, and we all know that we all had a great time. It was great, Baruch Hashem. It was empowering. The next workshop I hope to have after Yom Tif, after Sukkot, if I could carve out some time. It's really what it is, carving out time. And Be'ezus Hashem, we hope to have it. We will be talking about it in the future. Also, I also want to mention a big thank you to all the ladies who were at this past weekend's um, Ura event, big Ura event upstate, which uh, my wife and I, Hashem, were involved, we were invited, we spoke, and it was a phenomenal, phenomenal event. And that was an event that was just pretty much people reaching out to other people to learn Torah with them, Torah mates, whatnot. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience for all of us. And I just want to tell you, I want to, I want to share something over here. And that's very interesting. I actually gave a, Baruch Hashem, I was to give a class over there, classes, I should say. And uh, it was good. Baruch Hashem was very, very good. So I was giving, and I, I don't know, you know, I was upstate over the weekend. I want to tell you, it was raining cats and dogs. Cats and dogs. It was unbelievable, nonstop raining. By the way, it's a live show. 7-14-2016, July 14th. You might be hearing this Monday night. But in any case, it was raining. It was pouring. You know, when people want to do something for Kaddish Baruch Hu, it, it just, like, doesn't, doesn't it always feel like you want to do the right thing? 
And it's just one thing after the other. It's like challenge and challenge and challenge. So I was giving a class on negotiation, negotiation skills. And uh, before I was talking about the negotiation skills, I was talking about being mevater. Because I really, really feel that being mevater is, is a big, big, big elephant in the room. In your marriage. When I say your room, I'm talking about, I'm talking about your marriage. Being mevater. And I talk about it all the time. It's so, so important to be mevater. And then we spoke about some negotiation skills. And I, I, it was interesting because a woman came over to me and thanked me for the class, Baruch Hashem. She said to me like this. She says to me, says to me, I, I, you know, I appreciate everything you said about being mevater, but you know, you know what it is? Sometimes I hear so much about being mevater, so much about being mevater, but sometimes, sometimes people are over mevater, and because they're over mevater, what happens is, is that they just, they, just, they just can't survive anymore. And sometimes it could be an abusive type of relationship, and they're being over mevater, letting it go, letting it go, letting it go, until they have support from outside, and it's like, you know what, boy, I'm not... I'm really not in a good relationship. So, so she basically said to me, well, this, okay, whatever. In, in any case, we don't know who it is. Well, I will tell you that this particular woman had a toxic relationship and she's no longer in that marriage. And that's the perspective that she came from. So she was sort of asking me in a way, asking me, I hear a lot about being mavata. How come you stress so much being mavata? And here's the answer for this. And let me tell you why. The, the reason I stress being mavata so much is because this is the most common daily challenge that most relationships go through. I'm not saying this based on the way I feel or the based on, you know, on, on some sort of you know, something I once learned. I'm saying this based on experience because Baruch Hashem HaKadosh Baruch is me to work with many couples. And I will tell you, I, I see it again and again and again where you got your hats on, either husband or wife has their hats on, and before you know it, there's an explosion. Before you know it, either there's an explosion or there's stonewalling. And that's something that you know, we talk about a lot, that, that you know, explosions work both ways. Both men and women explode. I've seen it you know, back and forth and back and forth. But stonewalling, I see mostly by, 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 by the men. Sometimes women stonewall very well. When I say stonewalling, I'm talking about, that's okay, fine, I'm not talking to you. I'm just not talking to you. I'm just going to ignore you now because I'm so upset at you. I am going to ignore you. Now, that's very, very different, very different than saying to your spouse, this is not a good time to talk about it. I need a break. This is not a good time to talk about it. Let's talk about it in two hours because we see we're getting into a tit for tat and this is becoming pretty feisty. Whoa, we're getting pretty feisty here. We gotta, we gotta, one of us has to be a superman and get out because this is too much for us. This is too much for us. We got to take a break. That's healthy. But stonewalling is different. Stonewalling is, I'm not talking to you. That's it. Okay, you know, fine, fine. That's the way you want it. Fine, no problem. What do you mean? No, no, I'm not talking to you about it. And just to ignore. And then, then sometimes becoming passive-aggressive. So that's, that's dangerous. But I see it. I see it. That's why I talk about it all the time. Because it's being a vater. Being a vater. You have your hats on. You're hungry. You're angry. You're tired. You're stressed. You feel so upset. You feel so, so, so upset. Or your wife is so upset. Or your husband is so upset. And you see them just let it go. Let it go. But what do you mean? It's not fair, Rabbi Greenfield. You talk about being mevater, but why don't you, talk, why don't you start talking about, about fairness? What about fairness? What about fairness? You know what I want to say to all of you? <laughs> you know what I want to say? I'll tell you what I want to say. I want to say what you say to your kids. Life is not fair. But I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. You know what I'm going to say? It's very fair. It's extremely fair. It's a test that Hashem is giving you. And if you pass the test, and even though you feel it's not fair, 
and you feel you want to blame your spouse because your spouse is 100% wrong for what they did right now. You're so, 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 so upset. But you let it go. You know what happens? You completely transform into a piece of Kedusha. That's what you're doing. And you're bringing the Shekhinah into your house. I'm letting it go. I'm completely letting it go. And when you let it go, if your husband's being all short-tempered and intolerant, or if your wife is being short-tempered and intolerant, or if they're blaming you, or if you ask them to do something, or if there's a pet peeve, or something that drives you nuts, they're doing it again and again, and you let it go, I'm telling you, you are going to bring the Shekhinah into your house. Now, today, I, I do want to talk about negotiation. I do. I do. I really want to speak about negotiation. There's no way in the world I think we're going to be able to cover the whole subject. It, it, it's part of a workshop. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. I'm going to try to give you some of the core issues. But a lot, a lot of the details is, is, is just, it's just <laughs> we just don't have time. But what I will tell you is that, is that this is the ikr. The ikr really is being mavater. Not negotiating, not negotiating. Because negotiating, which when I say negotiating, by the way, ladies, what I'm talking about is, okay, I gotta talk to my husband about this. I can't deal with this anymore. I can't, I just can't deal with this anymore. Yeah, I, I get that, I get that. But that should happen far and few in between. If you take a scale of how many times you're being mavater and how many times you're negotiating, I'm telling you the scale should almost, the mavater part of the scale should almost be on the floor. And, <clears throat> and the other part is, is, is all the way high. Meaning, meaning what? meaning that it should weigh down how many times you've been mavater. Have you been mavater today, ladies, gentlemen? Were you mavater yet today? Did your husband annoy you? Did your wife annoy you? Did something happen that you had to let it go? Is that normal that it's always happening? Yeah, it's very normal. It's very, very normal. I was talking to a couple the other night, and they were telling me they have different personalities. One's on time, and one's never on time. So I look at them and I say to them, you know what? You're actually a really great couple. I think you're an amazing couple. They look at me like, oh, what do you mean you're a good couple? <laughs> we just told you we're complete opposites. And I'm saying to them, that's exactly why you're a perfect couple. Because it's like a perfect, perfect combination to achieve shlemus. That's what Hashem wants from us. If you can bridge the gap between Mr. On Time, Mr. Mrs. Miss Not On Time, or Miss, Miss On Time, Mr. On Time, on time, if you could bridge that gap, that's it. You've accomplished tremendously. This is Olam Haza, like, hello. I keep on saying I'm in the studio. I'm looking at a, at a picture of the base of Mikdash. It's like flying in the air. We want it to come down. The only way for it to come down, or one of the biggest pieces for us to come down is be mevater, let things go. But it's not fair. You're right, it's not fair. Just let it go anyways. That's all we're saying. We're saying let it go anyways. Yes, fair. Not fair. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference, let it go. And that's why I talk so much about being mavater and negotiation I don't speak a lot about, even though sometimes it is important. And that's what we're going to touch about today. I want, I want, I want to talk about something else also. And you know something? I, I want to tell you. I'm on a kick with this. I'm really on a kick with this because I see it happening again and again. I see it happening again and again. And I realized the importance of it. And now we spoke about it last week. And we spoke about it the week before, though the week before. We had a lot of technical issues. I don't even know if you heard the show because we had a lot of technical issues here. And that is what? And that is blaming. Ladies, gentlemen, please get off the blame train. I could practically beg you. Get off the blame train. Don't blame and blame and blame your spouse. But what do you mean, Rabbi Greenfield? It's his fault. I asked him a million times. I shouldn't blame him? Like, like, seri like seriously. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, seriously, don't blame. And same thing, men, you ask your wife over and over again, what did you tell you? You said you want to come into the house, you understand. This, by the way, this is such a common problem. 
I see the very common problem, and you could text me later on if it's like the other way around in your house. But it's such a common problem where now it's really hot. I don't know when you're listening to this, by the way, but now it's, you know, now we're in the midst of July. The heat is on. It's like, I think the weather forecast is like 90 degrees. It's supposed to be like on Sunday for those of you listening in the city, like 100 degree humid, humid feeling. It's, it's, it's wild. It's really, really wild. Okay, so we have our air conditioners running. But there's a problem, how high or how low we put the air conditioner on, right? So I see a pattern, and if, you, if your pattern is the other way, let me know, where the men want it colder. They just want it colder. And the women, no, we don't want it cold. I've heard stories, I'm telling you, and it's hard to believe, I've heard stories where husbands and wife sleep in different rooms because they can't agree on the air conditioner temperature. Can you imagine? Sleep in the same room, in different rooms? Like, hello, are you for real? Like, you're married. Really, you couldn't work out the air conditioner? Like you really, yeah, we couldn't work it out. So I wanted higher, she wanted lower. So why don't you just find somewhere in the middle? And you know what? If that didn't work for you somewhere in the middle, gentlemen, why don't you get yourself a little fan so you'll have a little bit cold from the air conditioner and more cold from the fan. Or, you know, if it's working the other way around your house, come on, seriously, you're sleeping in different rooms? Like, hello, what type of marriage is that? Okay, in any case, in any case, what I'm saying now is that, is that, what happens is, is that, right, so we have this, like, different, like, I don't understand. Husband comes in. I told you to leave the air conditioner on. When I come in, I want to feel a little bit cooler. I don't understand. I told you a million times. I ask you so many times. And what happens is we get onto the blame train. And what do you mean? It's not fair. Like, Greenfield, I'm sorry. I have to say. I have to, I have to say it to my husband. Okay. I, I, by the way, I want to say something else here. Like, I'm telling you, I have so much to say today. Really. Why? Because there's, there's, there's so much that can help your marriage, and you're just not doing it. Again, I'm not speaking Chaspeshalva. I know the people who listen to this, Baruch Hashem, have beautiful marriages, but a lot of us, a lot of us could always empower our marriages. And what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is, is this, this one Nakuda here. Nakuda. And that is, let's get off the blame train. Stop blaming. And something else, are you crossing boundaries in your house? Have you crossed boundaries are you saying things to your husband or to your wife that are really inappropriate? And you've, once you do it, once, you know, I see people, they cross boundaries in their marriage. I'm talking about things like, you're just like your mother, you're just like your father, just like really being unrespectful. And just like, once you cross boundaries, it's like, Avera, Goreras, Avera. And it's just like, like, you, like, <laughs> like a spouse tells the, asks the other spouse, um, uh, Moshe, I'm going to the store. Could we, uh, you mind if I buy for Shabbos some, some extra cereal for Sunday we're going to visiting day? Do you buy, I buy some, some extra cereal for our child on Sunday? And the husband says to his wife, no, I don't want you buying that. It's like, what? Did you just say no to your wife? Hello? Did you just say no to your wife? I, I want to know. Did you just say no to your wife? Now, you're listening to me and you're thinking, yeah, Rabbi Greenfield, I said no to my wife. What's the problem? Okay, I'll tell you what the problem is. You don't say no to your wife. It's a marriage. What do you mean? I'm supposed to agree with everything? I didn't say agree with everything. But this is a marriage. How could you have a loving theme in your house if you're saying no to your wife? But what do you mean? What do you mean, Rabbi Greenfield? What do you mean? I have to agree with everything when I'm her slave? No, no, I'm not saying that you're a slave. And I'm not saying that she's in control or that you're in control. And by the way, this works both ways, both ladies and men. But what I am saying is don't say no. If you love your wife, but you can't do it for her because you're tight on money. So look her in the eyes and say to her, I would love to do that for you, but right now I'm a little bit short, so let me think about what I can do. I don't know. Let's figure it out. 
Talk like that. You're so, so, so lachutz in your house financially. You're so lachutz. You can't get that extra box of cereal for your kid on Sunday for visiting day. You know what? Okay, you know, the truth is there are people who are really, really tight. There are. And some of you might be listening to me and you're very, very, very tight. You can't even, the extra box of cereal might be too much. Okay, okay. But th- don't say no. Maybe you could figure it out. I'd love, to, I'd love to work that out for you. I don't know. I'm very tight. Let's see what I could do. Okay. And then say, I tried. I can't. Okay, I'm giving you an example of a box of cereal. Let's say something a little more expensive. Let's say she wants to buy not just cereal. She wants to buy cereal for the kids on Sunday, and then she wants to buy snacks. She wants to spend an extra, an extra $100 on, on Nash for the kids for Sunday. And you're feeling like, come on, $100? Yeah, by the way, I'm spending an extra $100 on Sunday, which is, by the way, we don't, we, we don't speak to our husband like that. By the way, I'm spending another $100 for the kids. What do you mean? It's your kids. I can't talk like that to you? No, no, no. You can't talk like that to your husband. Why? Because first of all, it's, it is controlling. And even if you feel it's not controlling, it's, it's, uh, it it's clearly could be interpreted as controlled by any man. By any man. So what I'm saying to you is, first of all, we'll talk later about how to talk when doing requests. But what I'm focusing right now is the husband. And that is, don't say no because she was nasty to you. Like She's like, oh, by the way, is what I'm doing. By the way, is what you're doing? So no, you're not doing it. And now you're getting into a fight. I would love for you to do that. I would love to get it for the kids. But let's see, let's see, $100 might be a little bit too much. Don't say no. Really, get, get that word out of your house, no. Don't say no. You could say no to the kids, no. You know, you want to, what, you want to spend, te- spend more five minutes, you could say no. And by the way, it's funny because we were giving the workshop the other night and, and people were telling me, which is true, a lot of these tools work for kids as well, really. Many times you can say, you know, with a younger kid you could say no, let's say, but with an older kid, a teenager, who wants to, I don't know, he wants to do whatever it is, and you feel it's inappropriate. So you can say to your child, your teenager, I'd love, I love to make you happy with that, but I don't know, I'm going to feel very uncomfortable if you, I don't know, bring that into our home. Whatever it is. That works with teenagers as well. And of course it works with your spouse. So the word no, the word no should not be said in your house. So I'm just, you know, again, I'm touching different topics here today because I, I am feeling passionate about, about all this stuff. And I, I just want to add here, as far as the blame is concerned, that that is very prevalent in our homes. And I just want to remind you here a little bit what blame really is, because a lot of you are thinking, ah, I'm not blaming my husband, I'm not blaming my wife, right? Because generally when we talk about blame, um, you know, it's, it's straight out blame, like, right? Like, what do you mean? Look, you know why? You know why we don't have health insurance? Because you didn't fill out the forms. You know why we, we're stuck with a flat without a spare tire? Because you, you didn't prepare. You didn't prepare for this trip. Or you know, <clears throat> you know why we're stuck in traffic? Because you left too late. That's like direct, straight, outright blame. And a lot of you are thinking, oh, no, I, don't, I don't blame my husband like that. I don't, I don't blame my wife like that. That might be true, but ask yourself the following question. Are you doing question blame? Are you masking the blame within a question? Are you asking these questions or is your husband asking these questions? Because th- these questions, these questions that I'm about to tell you right now is really blame. Really, really blame. And I'm going to preface that by this famous, famous uh, intro that we hear many times in many homes that's like this. Could I just ask you a question? Can I, can I ask you a question? C- can I ask you a question? I, I, you know, I, I want to be very open with you and I want to communicate with you. So can I ask you a question? But it's so toxic. Because when you hear that, can I ask you a question? Uh-oh, something's, you know you're going to get it, right? Can I ask you a question? Why did you make plans without me? 
really, why, why did you make plans for Shabbos? You invited, you know, my, uh, my sister. What do you mean? It's your sister. We had her over all the time. I thought you wanted her to come. Yeah, but why did you do it? Why do it without me? Before you know it, you're in a fight. You're in a fight. Because you know what just happened? You blame. You're not really asking a question. You are blaming. Can I ask you a question? Why did you ask me to be ready if you're not ready yourself? Can I ask you a question? I, ju- I just want to understand. Here's another, here's another like, like such an innocent intro. I just want to understand. I asked you to take care of the health insurance forms two weeks ago. What do you mean, what do you mean the kids don't have health insurance? I don't understand that. I asked you to take care of the forms. I gave you the forms. I asked you to take care of it. And now you're telling me they don't have health insurance? Like, I don't understand. Like, can you please explain? That really is blaming. That really is blaming. You're blaming your spouse. You're on the blame train. He's going to feel criticized. She's going to feel criticized. They're going to give you a cognitive dissonance answer. They're going to say to you, you never told me, which, of course, you did tell them. Or they're going to tell you, I didn't have time, which they did have time. They're going to give you some excuse, and then it's going to be a tit-for-tat, and before you know it, you're in a fight. It is toxic. Are you hearing me? It's toxic. Be mevater. Be mevater. Let it go. But what do you mean, Rabbi Greenfield? I can't be mevater. I can't be mevater. I understand that sometimes you can't be mevater. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you soon how to talk. I will tell you. But don't do it by, can I just ask you a question or I just want to understand. Because that's really blaming. And you know who did this? You know who did this? Let me tell you who did this. Our great, great, great grandparents in Pasha Shalach by the Meraglim, they did this. You know what they asked Moshe Rabbeinu? Listen to this question. Very innocent question. After, they, after the Meraglim came back, for Meret Yisrael, and they scared everyone about Eretz Yisrael, these big giants, and it's, it's scary, and everything, whatever they said, and everybody's really scared. What do they say to Moshe Rabbeinu? You know what they say to Moshe Rabbeinu? Velama Hashem mevi otanu el ha'eretz hazos. You hear that? Why is Hashem bringing us to this land? The, you think they wanted an answer? Or more, it was like a rhetorical question? Sounds a little more like blame. Well, you know what happened? Well, it's coming up, right? What the, all the terrible things, right? The lack of akarasatov that the Jewish people had, and then asking, Why is Hashem bringing us here at all? We could have stayed in Mitzrayim, right? Could have stayed in Mitzrayim. Does that sound like blame or what? Let's not do that in our household. Let's not say, I just want to understand, why didn't you leave me money this morning? I, I just want to understand why... Why did you let the kids touch that? I told you not that. I, I don't understand. Why did you let the kids touch that? I don't understand. Why do you ask me to be on time? I don't understand. Why did you leave? I told you it's very important for me. I come home. I work like a dog. I, I ask you, please, just make ice for me in the freezer. It's a summer. Why didn't you do that for me? Like, seriously, I, I just I want to communicate with you. It's not communication. It's toxic communication. It is communication. Yeah, it's toxic, toxic, dangerous communication, which is definitely going to lead to a fight because you know what's going to happen. Your husband is going to defend himself in the craziest, craziest way. Or your wife is going to defend herself in a way which you don't understand. She's making up stories. Where's the videotape? I don't understand this. If we had a recorder in this house, we just want a recorder here. Well, guess what? Guess what? This is happening in all houses. Why? Because we're blaming. We are blaming. And blaming is dangerous. Dangerous. By the way, there's other ways of blaming also. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Right? The wife who's upset at her husband because she asked him a million times to do to do what to to she she drive, we both drive the car and she she sees the oil change light and she's getting very very nervous 
and, and she doesn't want to drive too far. She's going through the country and doesn't know what the oil change light is on. And she's asking her husband a million times over. And you know what? She's just so fed up. She says to her husband, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to do the oil change myself. I'm going to go to the mechanic. He's going to rip me off. That's the way you want it. Fine, fine, fine. Well, you know what? What you're really doing is you're blaming. That's what you're doing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But what do you mean, Robert Greenfield? I, I get so frustrated. What, you, you want me to say nothing? You want me to say nothing? Well, first of all, I would love for you to say nothing, if it's possible. If it's possible to be a mavater. If you can't be a mavater, I'll tell you what to say in a couple of seconds. I really, 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 really will. But I'll tell you, during the impasse, let it go. There's no way you're ready to say anything. Let it go. You'll talk about it later. I'm sorry, ladies. I'm not I'm trying to pick on you. Men, it goes for you as well. You can be very sarcastic to your wives. It's really blaming. And that's why criticism is so bad, by the way. And, and it sort of hit me lately. You know, I, I, I always mention the word criticism, but I, I sort of just like put it together. When you're criticizing, you're really blaming. That's what you're doing. And that's why it's so dangerous. You want to try to criticize without blaming? I'm going to try to teach you the art in a couple of seconds. Well, not a couple of seconds, in a couple of minutes, because I have to do a little intro of how to criticize without blaming. But I'm, I'm going to give you many, many warnings before I talk about it. There is ways to do it, and it shouldn't happen often. But I'm telling you, criticism has a lot of strings attached, a lot of them, and they all scream the same word, and that's I I am blaming you. I am blaming you. It's your fault. And just fess up because it's your fault and just admit it once and for all that you're wrong. And I ask you a million times, just tell me I'm wrong. Just say it. It never happens. So don't fool yourselves and stop blaming and stop questioning and stop attacking and stop criticizing. Again, I'm not chas v'shalom trying to, you know, trying to say, oh my God, it's a terrible marriages, but it's happening a lot in our homes. And you know what? It's that impasse. It's that the difference between successful and non-successful marriages, a lot of them, not all of them, a lot of them, it's that knowing what to do when I feel hurt, I feel unappreciated, I feel you don't care about me, I feel you don't love me, I feel you're just not there for me, I feel everybody else is, is a bigger priority for you than me. And when that happens, knowing how to steer in the right direction. If you're going to steer in the right direction, defensive driving really, right? If you're going to stay on the, if you're going to stay and not know, you're just going to go straight, work on your autopilot, you're going to chas v'shalom hit someone. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be, a tr it's going to be tragic. It could be really tragic if it's happening all the time, over and over and over again in your houses. And that's why you have to stare in the right direction. And that's why I talk about being mavater. Definitely in the beginning. Definitely right when it happens. You call your wife a million times, she's not picking up. Don't finally when you get through and say to her, I don't understand. What, I don't understand. Why don't you pick me up? Why don't you pick up the phone? Give it time. Give it time. Be mavater. Bite the bullet. If you have to deal with it later because it's happening really all the time, I'll tell you what to say. But don't, don't, don't attack and criticize and really blame or question. I don't understand why, especially when it comes in like a really tough tone. I'm sorry, but this is, this is what I hear people doing. Okay. Now, so, 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 so. I, I want to mention something else. There's so much to talk about. And that is before we talk about negotiation. And that's like this. And that's like this. It would be an injustice for me to talk about blaming without talking about hats. It, it, it just, it wouldn't make sense. It's like, it's like you know, you talk about, uh, I don't know, it's like you're talking about a computer without electricity. Blaming, I'm telling you now, and you could see it in your own houses, most of the time your spouse is blaming you, or you might be blaming your spouse. 
most of the time that it's happening, it's happening while you have your hats on. You hear me? Because you know how important it is to be mevater. And you've listened to this show, and I'm sure you got the musr over the years, how important is mevater. Call a mevater, amidos, amidos, what the schus of being mevater is. But sometimes you feel it's like, I am so upset at my spouse. I am so upset. Like, this is really not fair. It's not fair what she just did to me. Or it's not fair what he did to me now. It's really not fair. When you feel that, like that strong resentment, I'm telling you, you have your hats on. I'm telling you. Most of the time, you have your hats on. And during those times when you have your hats on, I'm asking you practically, begging with you, for the sake of the Shekhinah in your house, keeping it or chasing it away, when you have your hats on, be mevater in the following way. I know that you're, you're going to say, I can't, I can't let it go. Now I can't let it go. Now that's it. That's it. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. This, I asked her a million times and I, I can't anymore. Or I asked him a million times, and I can't anymore. It's just not right. It's really not right. I'm sick and tired of this. I'm done. I'm done. Right? Okay. If that's the way you feel, you definitely, I could say, almost definitely have your hats on. And I ask you the following thing. Save it for later. Save it for later. I'm not telling you to be Mavatar now, because I know you can't be Mavatar. You have your hats on. You can't let it go. But you could be Mavatar and saving it for later. I'm so upset at her. I'm so upset. I'm so upset at him. But you know what? I, okay, fine, Rob Greenfield. You want me to save it for later? I don't think it's gonna, I really don't think it's gonna make a difference because I am gonna I am gonna tell her exactly how I feel. I'm gonna tell him, oh boy, he knows what's coming. She knows what's coming. Well, you know what? Save it for later. And I'll tell you why. Because you're not physiologically ready for the for the criticism, for the fight, for the negotiation. I would love for it to become negotiation. It'll probably become a fight. Definitely now, if you talk about it right now. And later, later, you might have the koach to really be mavater completely. So you call her three or four times. You call her three or four, and she's not picking up the phone. Now you're very upset. Uh, Sarah, hi, why aren't you picking up the phone? Like, I'm calling you four or five times. I don't understand this. I don't get it. Okay. Listen to me. Listen to me. I know you feel it's not right. I know you feel she picks up the phone for everybody but you. You know what? Listen to me. Listen to me. Save it for later. Save it for later. You're not ready. Even if you like the master, master negotiator, you know exactly what to do and how to say, and you listen to my shows, and you go exactly step by step by step. You do exactly the right thing. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. Save it for later. You're not ready. And later, you will probably be able to be Mavata. And you know what the trick now? The trick now is just keep being quiet. Keep your mouth closed. Keep your mouth closed and don't say anything. It's very, 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 very hard. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, by keeping your mouth closed, you don't know what you're doing. You're like saving worlds. You're, you're saving so much negativity. You're, you're, you're keeping the shechina in your house. You're helping your children's chinuch. You're bringing bracha into your house. Just save it for later. And then later, try to be mevater if you can. Later, try to be mevater. Why? Because it will become into a big argument. And machlokes is toxic. We just had Pasha's Korach. Machlokes is toxic. It brings It's not bracha. It's the opposite of bracha. Machlokes, chelak, it's really, really, really toxic and dangerous. We don't want that. Even though it's not fair what she just did to you. Even though it's not fair what he just did to you. Yeah. Okay. So now. So now, so now, so now. So So you told us you're going to tell us. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you. I am going to tell you. Here I am. Tell you this. The first thing that I want to tell you are some frightening facts. I'm telling you some frightening facts. First of all, 
negotiation, which in a way really is criticism. You're going to criticize your wife now. You're going to criticize your husband. But you're trying to criticize them without blaming them, right? That's the trick. Oh boy, I call it negotiation. It's very, very, very hard. Is what is, it's like entering a burning building. It's like entering a burning building. Da think of it like you see a big sign, danger zone. Very, very dangerous. Why is it dangerous? I'll tell you why. Number one, you will definitely cause distance between you and your spouse, which will need to be repaired. And every additional issue you bring up will cause more distance. That's why don't try to conquer Rome in a day. If you have issues you have to speak to your spouse about, you must, 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 and I'll tell you soon why. Don't just do it. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is very, very, very important. And that is, know that you're going to cause distance. You're going to cause distance. Your wife is not going to feel like close to you after you speak to her about the fact that, uh, that you just can't stand that the, that the laundry is always on your bed, right? She's not going to feel close to you. She's not. Your husband's not going to feel close to you about the fact that you had to speak to him about a money issue. He's not going to feel close to you. You're going to create distance, so be prepared. Just, all I'm saying is be prepared, okay? Number two, there's a 50% chance that you will cause your spouse to put on her angry hats or his angry hats and there will be an explosion. Again, Baruch Hashem, you know, I had a lot of siyad deshmaya in putting those all together. It's really a siyad deshmaya. Really siyad deshmaya. And I'm telling you from experience, because I see it a lot. You want to negotiate with your spouse? You want to really criticize your spouse and think you're not going to blame them? You want to do it the right way? I'm telling you, no matter, even if you do it, like, you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared that what's going to happen is you are going to create an explosion because by your wife is going to feel criticized and then, or your husband is going to feel criticized, now he's going to get upset at you and now he's got his hangry hats and then, oh boy. And at, at that point, you have to say, you know, fine, we won't talk about it now. This is not a good time to talk about it. We'll talk about it some other time. Because you might have, because you really haven't gone through the checklist. I have a checklist over here. And I do not think I'll have time and I, <laughs> I'm not going through everything here. Uh, but you haven't gone through the checklist and that's why what's happening is that you put on his or her angry hats and there's explosions. Now, the only times you ever consider risk, risking entering the fire, it's like, I'd say two and a half times, the only time you ever really want to negotiate. And this is, by the way, if all those people tell me, gratefully speak about mevatim, 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 sometimes I have to speak to my husband. How do I talk to him? How do I talk to her? I'm telling you how, but I'm showing you how, why it's dangerous. And I'm telling you these are the only, th um, the only times you do it. Number one, Number one, if it was an atom bomb. What does that mean, atom bomb? Atom bomb means you've already tried taking off your hats. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're going to have to listen to my previous shows, come to my workshops, whatever it is. You've tried to take off your hats, whatever hats means. Giving yourself the hour. It means you're giving yourself time, right? I told you, save it, save it for later. This is not a time. When the impasse hits, when it happens, the challenge happens, it's not a time to, to criticize or to question or to blame, which is really is. Can I just ask you a question? Why aren't you picking up? Can I just ask you a question? How come you plan Shabbos that we're going to go wherever it is without me? What do you mean? We're going to your parents' house. Don't we always go? Don't, don't. That's blaming, right? That's next. You've given yourself the hour. Followed all the previous steps. And you still feel so belittled and so betrayed by your spouse that you simply cannot act normal towards her anymore. I'm not talking about a case when you come home, you know, and, and you asked her to have the ice or you asked her for a certain meal or uh, you asked her to pick up the cleaners from you. I'm not talking about that stuff. That stuff you should really be a mavater. 
I'm talking about where it was such a deep hurt, such a deep hurt. It was on the Shabbos table. You said something, and you were arguing with your, with, with your friend about something, and then your wife gangs up against you with your friend against you, and you feel like, wow, this is like not normal. Like, okay, you disagree with me, but then you gang up with, with him against me, and you feel so hurt. Like, like, seriously, I'm your husband. Like, that's so inappropriate. Like, you're both ganging against me, making up a case, right? Oh, and you can't get over it. Oh, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't move on. I'm so upset at her. I gave it time. Okay, fine. Maybe it's time to negotiate. Maybe. Next, toxic pattern. You've already tried taking off your hats, giving yourself the arrow, followed all the previous steps, whichever they are. And you're certain this is a toxic pattern that has already happened many times in the past, and it's definitely going to happen again. In addition, you are certain beyond all means that you will, you will definitely not be able to handle it in the future. I cannot handle it, you feel, when my wife argues with me or my, my wife disagrees with me, I say things on the Shabbos table and she's constantly disagreeing with me, you feel. Or ladies, the same thing. You might feel that. You might feel every time I speak and there's company around, she's, he's constantly disagreeing with everything I say. I, I can't deal with it. It's embarrassing. It's just embarrassing for me. I, I can't. I can't. Or, or you know what? My husband stopped taking showers. It's the summer. He takes showers usually. But he stopped taking it every day. I, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't stand around him. He smells. What am I supposed to do? Like I, I can't. I really, I can't. I'd love to be my bathroom. I'd be like, yeah. Like, what am I supposed to put on nose plugs? It's going to embarrass him. Okay, fine. I know I can't do it anymore. I, I was my, my, my bathroom this time, but I just can't anymore, right? Now, be careful because this is, this is one that everybody feels, oh, yeah, I can't this, I can't, I can't do the other. No, trust me, most of the things you can. You're just not trying. But there's certain things that you really, mom, just can't. Okay, fine. Next. The next thing is, which doesn't happen so often at all, this is like, doesn't really doesn't happen so often, but there's been a barrage of hurts for the past several days, which you've constantly been mavater over and over again. I you feel, I listened to your advice, I was mavater, and I don't know, my husband, he doesn't stop, he's like, he's got his hats on for a week. And you're finding yourself being very, very cold and feeling extremely resentful to your husband or to your wife. And then and you see like your husband feels it or your wife feels it. Or she's like, how come you're not acting normally to me anymore? Or, right, he or she's saying, how come you're not acting normally to me anymore? And it's true, you're not acting normally because you see you're like, you get this resentment, this resentment. Now this resentment, by the way, might be due to you, you having your hats on. You have to be careful because many times it's not a call for negotiation. What it really is, is a call for you to remember that it's very shayich that it's very possible that it's really you who have your hats on and you really got to take off your hats because it's the summer, you're not drinking enough. And you think you don't need air conditioning, you're trying to save money, but you know what? Actually, you got to put it on because you have to survive. You have to survive. Like, really, it's very hot. You can't stand it. So, uh, or you're not drinking enough. It's very, very important, by the way, to drink. A lot of you are not drinking enough. Seriously, you have to, to drink. It's the summer. You have to hydrate. Especially now, especially now, some very hot days are coming up. You have to drink. It's very, very important. I, I've seen, I have had a couple once, you know, we just got them to drink. <laughs> just got them to drink, and it's such a big difference in their marriage. One spouse wasn't drinking. Right? She had actually an interesting excuse why she wasn't drinking. But at the end of the day, I said, what do you mean? You have to drink. It's very important to hydrate yourself. So those are the three, those are the three times, right? Adam bomb, like Mamash and Adam bomb. You always gave yourself time. 
toxic pattern. I know I can't, I can't survive anymore like this. Why? Because at the end of the day, if she doesn't do my laundry, I cannot wear stuff over and over again. I could try to be mevater, but I can't. That's how you might feel, right? So, okay, I got to speak to her about it. Or, or something hurtful or a toxic pattern. Okay, fine. There are preliminary steps. There are preliminary steps. I'll give you some of them. Before entering the burning building, or you want to call it a minefield, because that's really what it is. It's a minefield. You want to criticize your husband? You want to criticize your, your spouse? That's what you want to do? You don't want to be a mavater? You're walking on a minefield. There might be an explosion. It might come back to hit. It, it might boomerang right back at you, right? Tell you a couple of them. Number one, see if you're wearing your hats or your wife are wearing your hats, right? Hats, Baruch Hashem. Term, hats, you have to come up with, which is hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. And I actually added another one for you, and this is very important because visiting day is coming up, and that's rushed. When you're rushed, you also have your hats on. Yeah, when you're rushed, you're rushed. You have, a lot of times when you're rushed, it's like we could be short-tempered, intolerant. You see your husband's like, oh, like, whoa, mean all of a sudden. Why are you being so mean? He's very rushed. It's not an excuse. Guys, it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. But if you see your husband or your wife is being rushed, don't take them seriously. They're slightly impaired now. Don't say that to them, but it's another hat. Can you put out the fire without entering the building? Meaning, this is a tricky one actually, to say to your, like, let's say you try to call your spouse, your husband again and again and again. It doesn't pick up. It's like, I want to talk to him. Like, you know, we have kids in camp. Like, my husband, he doesn't pick up. He doesn't know. It could be an emergency. What do I do? <clears throat> okay. There's something like that. You can ask your husband the following question. When you've calmed yourself down, because now you're negotiating, right? You're not, you're not criticizing and blaming. You could say to your husband, was everything okay today? I tried calling you, but I couldn't get through. So I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. I, I, I'm defending you. I understand. Like maybe, maybe something I'm down the cuffs close. I'm saying. So Big Greenfield, what do you mean? Uh, I'm playing a game. First of all, you're not playing a game because I know good and well that beneath all the resentment and the upsetness, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, our Yehov is telling us, you know, maybe it's really not his fault. Maybe it's really not his fault. And you know something? Maybe really it's not his fault. And that's why it's always important in these types of cases where, and the only time, reason I'm saying this, by the way, is because you can't, you can't. You have to have answer the call. You call three, four times, and he's not picking up the phone. You're texting him, and he's not picking it up at all. This could be a really big issue. So you can ask your husband, was everything okay today? I tried calling you, but I couldn't get through. Um, usually when I ask you for money, you always remember. You hear how I'm starting? With, do you hear what I'm doing, by the way? Because you know what the other way was? The other way was, can I ask you a question? Why didn't you leave me money this morning? <clears throat> I told you last night, and I left you a note on the refrigerator. So I just want to understand. That's blaming. You hear me? That's blaming. That is blaming. But here's, not, here's the non-blaming way. The non-blaming way is, usually when I ask you to leave me money for the kids, you always remember. You see, I'm starting off by defending you. I'm with you. I'm not your adversary. I'm not your prosecutor. I'm your lawyer. I'm better than your lawyer. I love you and I care for you and I'm your spouse. And like Rav Arya Levine, who comes in to the doctor and says, you know what, doctor, my wife's leg hurts us. Now I ask you a question. Do you think that Rav Arya Levine really felt that? Maybe he did. Maybe at his level he did. But you know what? Many people, many people don't feel that. But you say it. You say it because when you say it, you start feeling it. You know, if you, say, if you say it, it's like a mantra. What's a mantra? It's a mantra. It's okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, like when you feel really, really stressed, part of DBT, right, is, is mantra. What's mantras? It's not something I made up. 
mm-hmm. mantra is very famous in the Orient, that what? You, you take deep breaths, right? A lot of DBT stuff, I'll tell you. That what? Deep breaths, in and out, five second in, five second out, hold your stomach, take it easy. You're, you're overwhelmed now. You're overwhelmed. You're stressed out. You know you're stressed out. It might happen very soon, especially. Can I know how we have a lot of us who have a lot of children or any other, you know, many, many other issues and challenges. Deep breaths, five inhale, five exhale. It works. I know it sounds like very guruish, but it works. And then mantra. It's okay. I'm all right. It's fine. It's okay. And you say that, and you feel that everything is okay. That's why you can say to your husband, usually when I ask you to leave me money for the kids, you always remember, it doesn't always happen. I said usually, I push the envelope a little bit. Fine, fine. That's different than, can I ask you a question? Why don't you leave me money? I ask you, you know, it's, it's your kids. Like seriously, I, I make it seem like it's my kids, but it's your kids also. And I wasn't able to get them things now for visiting day. It's really not fair. Ooh, 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 wow, what you're doing in your household. Wow. But what do you mean, Rabbi Greenfield? It's true. <laughs> it's true. I agree. It might be true, but it's toxic. It's true, but it's toxic. What if Hashem Chas Hashem would tell us the same thing? What do you mean? It's true. It's true. You're also, you, you know, we're, we're not being good Jews, right? But Hashem is kel. Hashem is merciful. What's merciful? Merciful is even though I can use midas hadin, I am going to use midas harachim. That's the way we have to act in our houses, just like Hashem. And that's the way to say it to your husband. Usually when I ask you to leave money for the kids, you always remember. Um, usually, usually you take out the garbage. Okay, you could say that. Usually you take out the garbage. What, is everything okay? Okay, that's, that's not attacking. That's being down the kaf's chus. I'm starting off the conversation being down the kaf's chus. And by the way, by the way, if you could be mavater, just be mavater and take it out yourself. Because right? he always takes it out. It's not going to happen again. Just leave it alone. Seriously, just leave it alone. Please, leave it alone. I'm talking both to ladies and to men. Leave it alone. So you got your dinner tonight wasn't exactly to your liking. Just let it go. Let it go. It's not going to happen again. Seriously, just let it go. But this is very, very, very important. A couple of other preliminary steps. Timing, very important. Is it a good time to speak to your spouse? Is she busy with something else? Are you going to come over to her while she's busy in the kitchen and start criticizing her? Like, are you serious? Or are you going to come to the kitchen and tell her what she's not doing right? You're in the kitchen and you're going to tell her how to cut the salad. You're in the kitchen and you're going to tell her what to put in the chant. Well, you know what? Your wife is going to feel criticized. Many wives are going to feel criticized. And that's implied. I call it implied criticism. But what it really is is impli- implied blaming. Because you're really blaming her, right? You're not, you're not good enough for me. What do you mean? I'm just I'm trying to help you in the kitchen. I can't help you in the kitchen. No, don't help her in the kitchen. You want to help her? It's something that's so, so, so important. I'll tell you what. Why don't you finish the meal? Let her do everything, eat everything else. You wanna, if this is so important for you, you want to bring up on a Maitre Shabbos because you feel like your mamish can't live and you know your wife is usually not so sensitive. You want to tell her to cut the salad a little, a little whatever. So you know what? You tell her. You don't make a big deal out of it. Maitre Shabbos, you say to her, by the way, the salad's delicious. I don't know, I'm like weird. I like it even, you know, if there's any way you can make a little, a little uh, uh, more pieces, that would be good. If not, not. Okay, don't make a big deal out of it. Be careful, be careful, because you're walking into a minefield, right? Depends with who, depends what type of wife you have. And again, I'm not saying depends whether your wife you have a good or a bad, but it depends how, how your wife feels about these particular issues. Maybe when she was a kid, she'd be criticized all the time about, her, about the food that she made. Who knows? There's a lot of background that you also have to take into consideration. This, by the way, works for husbands as well. Timing. So timing is very important. 
Timing is very, very important. I always like Maitzah Shabbat because those are nice days. Everything is sort of relaxed, maybe Sundays. Space, do not, do not speak in front of the kids. <laughs> do not speak in front of the kids. Okay, we're going to skip, and we're going to go now. <clears throat> How to enter the burning house. And here's like the punchline here. You feel that you're mavater and mavater and mavater, and you can't be mavater anymore. You just can't let it go anymore. You're mavater. So I'm going to tell you the secret. I'm going to tell you the secret. Here's the secret. The secret is that the reason that every time you wanted to speak to your wife about something that she's not doing right, or every time you want to speak to your husband about something he's not doing right, or that, or that it just bothers you, it makes you crazy, you know why it doesn't work, or it's always like whatever? I'll tell you why. Because when you're approaching your spouse, what she is feeling is that you are about to attack me. And when you start talking, when you ask that question, can I just ask you a question? Why, why, do you make plans for, why did you make plans for Shabbos and invited my sister without asking me? Now, it's a weird question. It's a weird question because you had your sister over like all the time and I don't know why she has to ask you. But okay, you feel, you know what? You feel, you feel that this should be done together. Okay, okay, fine. Right? But you know what she's feeling? First of all, you're blaming her. And second of all, many times what she's feeling is that you're attacking her. Not that, that you're just trying to help, you're trying to understand, showing your feelings. It's a certain message you're giving. And that message is that you did a bad thing. You did a bad thing. You know you did a bad thing. Just admit it. And sometimes, and many times I should say, what she's hearing is that you're a bad person. And that's how many, many, many of your wives are feeling. She's a bad person. Especially, especially with sensitive people who've had... Who've had uh, Parents who criticized them, who've had trauma, who were, you know, maybe were raised by a good family, but not a loving family, not a caring family, or maybe it was teachers, maybe it was social circles. It's, it's, it's a whole complex thing. And no, but, and no one's to blame, by the way. I'm not blaming the parents or the rebbeim or anything, because it could be multi-generational. Maybe that, their parents had it, and their parents actually escaped from Europe during the Holocaust. There's so many things, and we're not blaming. But what we are saying is that most of the time that men or women are approaching their spouse to tell them something, you know what I mean by tell them something that you don't like, the spouse is feeling attacked. And you want to take that away. The secret is to make your husband or your wife feel that no matter what I'm going to tell you right now, I want to tell you that I love you and I care about you and I think very highly of you and I don't think you did a bad thing. You hear me? I don't think he did a bad thing. Now, this is tricky because you can think to yourself, what do you mean? I do think he did a bad thing. I asked him to leave me money. He didn't. Yeah, but that's not what he has to hear. You have to switch your mindset and transition into something called Don Lekavs which is very, very hard. I know it's hard because you're feeling, what do you mean Don Lekavs Chus? There's nothing to be Don Lekavs Chus. I'm telling you, there's always something to be Don Lekavs Chus. And I'll just give you one of them. And one of them is that his personality is like that. And if you were in his shoes, it's very possible you'd be the same. Because that's just who he is. And he just forgets things. So, okay, you could find a little bit down the Kafskos. A little bit. If you were his lawyer, you'd find a little bit, right? And while you find that little down the Kafskos, you say what you have to say. And here's what you have to say It's possible you didn't realize it. Do you hear what I just said, ladies and gentlemen? This is like an intro that, 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 covers so many grounds. It's possible you didn't realize it. But I felt very hurt when, you gang, when, when, when I was talking about uh, when I was talking about the candidates and I was saying positive things about Hillary and I felt like I was being bashed. I felt very, very, very hurt. You hear what I just said, ladies and gentlemen? And this is very important, really, that both spouses hear this. 
because some spouses don't allow their spouse to ever come to them and tell them anything. Why? They're, they don't allow because usually it comes in a very attacking way. But if your spouse changes his language and talks like this, you have to allow once in a while. Because at the end of the day, he was very, very hurt when you ganged up against him. He really was. But what I'm saying, it has to hardly be done. You're walking into a minefield, but you see how I started? It's possible you didn't realize how hurtful it was to me. It's possible you didn't realize. But here's what happened. Now be prepared. If you're going to talk like this to your spouse, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not silly or stupid, ladies and gentlemen. I know good and well. This is not one of these like, shows like, oh, just do the right thing. It's going to work out. I know good and well what's going to happen. Your spouse is going to defend himself or herself. They're going to say, I didn't mean it. I don't whatever. You repeat yourself. and say, I'm not saying you meant it or you didn't mean it. And, you know, maybe you didn't mean it, but I really, really felt hurt. So I'm just expressing my feelings here. Now, again, you're walking into a minefield. You are walking into a minefield, but hopefully your spouse will be able to be mavater enough at that point and say to you, you know what? <clears throat> you know what? Fine. Fine. You know what? I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Apparently I did. I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. Or they'll use the fire escape, which I call the fire escape. If I would have known that would have been hurtful for you, I wouldn't have done it. And you know why your spouse, by the way, is defending himself or herself over and over and over and over again? Let me tell, why, let me tell you why your spouse is defending himself. Because your spouse feels horrible. They didn't want to hurt your feelings. Do you get it? They're not defending themselves and making up stories because they're bad people. They're doing it because they didn't want to hurt you. Your wife doesn't want to hurt you. Your husband doesn't want to hurt you. Don't fool yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. They don't want to hurt you. Trust me with this one. Your wife and your husband doesn't want to hurt your feelings. But what's happening, they're feeling very guilty. You're coming to them with an attack. They're feeling very guilty. So cognitive dissonance kicks in and they're giving you excuses. They're telling you what they didn't mean. And you, and you could get into a whole tit for tat. And if you're getting into a tit for tat, just say, you know, it looks like we're getting into a tit for tat. Forget it. I'm not going to, it's not a good time to discuss it. And if you're listening to this as a couple, by the way, <clears throat> very important. If you're listening to this as a couple, I, I just want to tell you, it's very, very, very important to allow your spouse sometimes to come over to you. If they're doing it in a nice way and they're starting off the way I'm saying it, it's possible you didn't realize it. Maybe you didn't realize it. Start off in that way. Maybe you didn't realize But what do you mean? Of course he realized it. I asked him a million times to give me money. I don't care. Say it the right way. Say it the right way because I'm telling you there's a, there's a little ounce of them not realizing it. I'm telling you, they're not, they're not Rishayim. Your spouse is not a Russia. I'm telling you, I can almost guarantee you, he's not a Russia. She's not a Russia. He did not mean to hurt your feelings. So you have to say that. You know, you won't be able to say that right away. Oh, I'll just tell him right away. You, it's probably you didn't realize it, but it's really not, that's what you're doing. No, no, no. You wait the hour and you make sure all the preliminary steps. Try to be Mavatar anyways, but you know you can't. You can't anymore. You can't. Shifra, you might, not realize, you, might not, you might not realize it, but, uh, but what? You might not realize it, but I'm, I'm sort of out of socks. <laughs> okay, that's, that's necessarily whatever. But whatever it is that you can't handle anymore, you might not realize it, or I know you're not doing it on purpose, but it's just very, very hard for me to go to sleep when there's laundry in my bed. It's just, it's just very, very hard for me to go to sleep. What do you mean? I, I, it just happened today. It just happened yesterday. They're going to give you excuses. Okay, I'm telling you. I'm just, it's, it's, it's very, very hard for me. Okay, I, uh, but I don't... It, by the way, when this happens and you get into this like tit for tat, it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And I'm talking really mostly to the men, but also the women also. Don't like try to prove your point. 
Don't try to prove your point and show how, no, it always happens. You always leave laundry on the bed. Or it always happens. You always leave your socks on the floor. Or it always happens. You always leave the milk out, outside of the fridge. Leave it alone. Leave it alone because they heard you and they're not going to do it again. You don't have to like stuck them to the point where they admit it. Oh, you admitted it? No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't. It's not what a Kaddish Baruch wants from you. Hashem wants you to be mevater. He gets the point. She gets the point and move on. That's by practical stuff. But by hurtful things, if you're really, really hurt and you want the apology, so you know what? Then I would say you probably didn't realize it, but it was really, really hurtful when you said that. It really was. But I didn't mean it. I never... I'm just telling you how I feel. You know, honestly, if you want to get into Tvitan, I'm telling you how I feel. Okay, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. It's not the apology you wanted. You wanted a more heart-sadik apology? Well, wake up and smell the coffee. It's not the way the world works. You have to be mevater. He apologized. She apologized. It's over. Let it go. Don't be like, say it like you mean it. Do you understand what you did to me? Do you understand what you... Stop. Stop. What does the Kaddish Baruch Hu want? Hashem wants shalom. How many times do we say shalom? How many times? Did you say it yet today, the word shalom? I can guarantee you said it. I can guarantee you said it a bunch of times. It's all, you say shalom a million times. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so, 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 so important to have shalom and to promote shalom. Thank you very much for listening. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, 917-397-2841. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing.